Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, hello, everybody. It's back to Ayers on the Road. Hey, that was two hellos today. Yes. This must be a great show. It is. <laughs> we are going into fall and it is beautiful where we are. We hope it is where you are. Um, we have been in a heat wave. I don't know where, uh, how far that has reached, but wow, it has been so long. Well, we've been in New York all week and at the, at the tennis tournament, the U.S. Open, and it was hot at the beginning of it. It's cooled off now. But we didn't even know what hot was because 85 and muggy. But when we got back to Utah, it was 105. <laughs> It was so well, It was hot. 117 in Sacramento. I know. It's been a crazy. But it's the start of school. And, uh, you know, even our grandkids in New York City have started. They started yesterday. They start after Labor Day. Day which is totally uh, which is reasonable. Which is the way it ought to be in the world. But uh, our, our kids in Arizona started in the end of July. July 27th. <laughs> what is going on? It is crazy. But, but it's the time of year that a lot of families really, let's, I don't know if I'm oversimplifying this, Linda, but it's like it's the first of the year. That what, the, the real meaningful first of the year is the first of the school year when you have kids living in your home. It's not January 1st. That's a nice celebration and New Year's Day and so on. But the real New Year for so many families is, the school year starts, and we kind of think from September to September, or from late August to from summer to summer. And uh, so a lot of you are probably setting goals. A lot of you are trying to think, how do I make this a better year than last year? How do I cut down on some of the craziness that goes on in families, the overscheduling? How do I keep away from all the feistiness and bickering among my family members. There's just so many. It's like, what are what are your New Year's resolutions, but for the school year rather than for, you know, the calendar year? Right. Um, we used to do it on foam core boards. Right? We still do. We still, I love, <laughs> let's don't even get me started. No, no, no. We're not going to foam core boards. <laughs> foam core boards. But, but what I loved is our kids would do their school year goals. We'd have a goal party and they'd all do them. But we found if they, if they put them on a big old foam core board, like a poster, um, and then put them on the wall of their room, you know, in between, used to be Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson. Right, right. <laughs> they um, would see him and then they'd actually work on him. Yeah, we have some treasures out of that. In fact, we keep running on to them here and there and and sharing them with our kids and they laugh at themselves at that age. But it really is a good time to be thinking about the future and what do we want to accomplish this year. Um, it's, there's just life is good. You know, there's so many things, but there's also hard things as you go through. I like what you just said, though. And it's, a, it's a time to think forward and backward, um, you know, to set goals, but also to think back over the past year. And this is the second week of the month, and we're going to be talking about grandparenting, but we always do in the second week, second show of each month on Ayers on the Road. 
but it's not just for grandparents. We're going to be talking about sort of three generation families and looking to the past and looking to the future. I heard a thing the other day. I'm trying to decide if I agree with the metaphor. Someone said the reason windshields are bigger than rear view mirrors is we should spend more time thinking about the future than about the past. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Wow, I've <laughs> not ever heard that one. That's a good one. Uh, well, when you're driving, I do agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you got to keep your eyes darting, you know, darting to that rearview mirror. Oh, too. we have a family joke about <laughs> darting. When our kids were just turning 16, um, the instructions from their father was just keep, keep your eyes darting, darting. 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 Look at the rearview mirror. Look, look, look to both sides. Don't let anything catch. Don't, don't let anything surprise you. Just keep your eyes darting, darting. In fact, uh, we did, he just said a message out last week because every once in a while, Richard really doesn't worry about things very much at all, except health and safety. I do worry a lot. And about I that. have never walked out the door without him saying, "Be careful. Watch what you're doing. It's a jungle out it's there. It's a jungle out there. Drive Be defensively. Be careful. Keep your eyes darting, darting." And so he just sent a message to the kids to remind him of that, and that that came back some really funny. I forgot about that. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Well, you know, I think when you, when, when you get to be a grandparent, when you get to be a little older, it, it makes real sense to have a balance between the past, the present and the future. I mean, we want to all live in the present. We all know the, the cliches, the sayings, some of them are really beautiful. Um, the Sanskrit poet said, every yesterday is but a dream, every tomorrow is but a vision, but today, well lived, makes every yesterday a dream of joy and every tomorrow a vision of hope. And it's it's nice to to balance the three. And as grandparents, particularly, it's okay to live in the past and have memories and think about them and cherish them. But at the same time, it, it is true that it's today that really counts and that makes a difference. And if we can work on the relationships, and I was thinking how, you know, the, the most, we are three generations. That's the, that's the essence of family. And most of the world, three generations live together in the same house. We're the different ones. And in America, where we think of a family as a nuclear family, just parents and kids and, but but so many families, so many people we we talk to, um, are are worried about their kids, but they're also worried about their parents. Um, when you have aging parents that you're right. trying to help and deal yeah. with, and you have young children at the same time, people sometimes feel sandwiched in between and can't cover all the bases. But on the positive sense, when you think of a three-generation family as a unit and everyone helping each other, everyone contributing something, becoming a unit, it's a, it's such a beautiful thing. Well, we, um, I just getting back to the day-to-day nitty-gritty on grandparenting. I woke up this morning and realized I forgot to send a little message to the all the kids in New York City that started yesterday. They were oh yeah, the start uh, of school. Seven, eight, eight eight of them and i thought wow i we also had two anniversaries Quite yesterday. Nine of them, yeah oh um, we had two anniversaries um it really um was a wild day but i that's the what i'm doing of is, england 
died. Oh, right, right. And we're so gonna... we lived in England for five years, and I guess we're monarchists. I am. Oh yes, we I lived in England long enough that we have a daughter who lived there for six years, and she's in mourning along with all of the British people. It is really interesting how. And I heard such an interesting story as I was listening to her life last night. Um, one of the their children's children, a granddaughter of the Queen, didn't realize that her grandmother was the Queen. Yeah, <laughs> she went to school, and the kids. The kids said, oh, your grandmother's the queen. And she went home and said, mommy, the kids at school are telling me that my grandma is a, the queen. <laughs> said, well, yes, that's right. But isn't that wonderful? That she that didn't say child, mommy. She said mommy. That's what I said. Oh, go good. <laughs> um, anyway, um, it really, it, I, that's really admirable. I mean, you know, that that grandmother was so great that she didn't walk around like a queen when she was with her grandmother. You know, I, as, I, as we were watching the coverage the other day, I was thinking how, in a way, Queen Elizabeth, she's sort of, I don't know if I can verbalize this, but she sort of epitomized what we are going to be talking about in, in this grandparenting class that we're going to be conducting that starts actually this this uh, this weekend. And on what Sunday, I, yeah, the 11th. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean is that why was she so beloved? Part of it is, is she's just been there so long. A while. You know, she's the only queen most of us have ever remembered, 70 years on the throne. But but I think it's because she's a grandmother figure. She's there's something about the ideal yes. grandmother who is can be respected and loved by all and who doesn't have to be too aggressive or too, you know, can, who can just be there to support you, just being there. She's just, so many of those British people they were interviewing the other day, they, they, they were like, she's just always been there. We don't know how to act or feel now that she's not there. And I thought that's what we want to be as grandparents. We want to just always be there. Yeah, that's we want true. our kids to always feel our presence and our love and our support. We don't have to discipline them. We don't have to provide for them. The parents do the hard work. Well, we can, in most cases. In, yeah. yeah, not in all cases, but we can be, we can just be there for them. That's a powerful thought. It really is. And it makes me think that I just need to, we need to hurry and finish the show so I can go email. Yeah, do those. Isn't it interesting <laughs> how, what a world, what a world we live in. I'm working on a little story about my childhood about how things are different. From the time I was growing up to now. And now I can just go in and send a little text to those kids. And a lot of them don't have, well, one family has a collective one phone. So yeah. They'll, yeah, they, they'll they all get share it. a phone. But, um, but I can be in contact with them. I can call them so easily. Remember those old days when oh, at man. home and they're saying, oh, this is a long distance call. Everybody quiet, quiet. And we got to be fast because it's expensive. You know, it really is such an amazing world that we can stay in touch with these contacts and we with these grandchildren. And we can be with them when we're not with them. Well, and what grandparents can do and what you, if you're a parent and not a grandparent, can do is to sort of value this three-generation culture. I think culture is the key word. 
it's hard to create a culture just in a family with parents and children. I mean, you, you, we all do it. We have traditions. We we create a certain culture. But when you add that third generation, the culture sort of takes on meaning and ties into ancestors and ties into journals and ties into the values that we all share. And it ties into the grandparents who are the, the roots, they're the trunk really that, that unites the roots and, and the branches. And it's just a powerful, powerful thing. And the reason we're doing, the reason uh, that we've decided to do this, this Zoom seminar course on, on grandparenting and being more proactive as grandparents is because so many parents, as we, you know, our whole profession in the last many years has been speaking and writing to parents. And so many of these parents tell us, we wish our relationship was better with our parents. We wish the grandparents had more meaningful relationships with our children. We wish the grandparents could do more to supplement our parenting with our children. Or in some cases, we wish the grandparents would bug off and quit telling us <laughs> how to parent and quit spoiling our children and quit, you know, swooping in with all the answers and just leave us alone. I mean, there's all there's all this range of feelings, but it's so interesting that we all want to deal correctly with this three-generation family. Well, and three generations has, uh, you know, is so many advantages and, and some hard things. There's always some relationship things going on, right? In a three-generation family. Yeah. And uh, I was just with a friend yesterday who was so concerned because two of her daughters were mad at each other about tennis. <laughs> of all things. Tennis? Are you kidding? My kids have always been best friends and they're mad at each other. There's always little things like that that come up with relationships when you have a three-generational family. Yeah. We're going to take a little break and then we're really going to dive into the meat of this this grandparenting and three generation thing. But, but let me, the, the most famous quote probably from the Bible, Proverbs 17 and six, I want to know what you think of it, Linda. And while we're on the break, you listeners think about what you think this, this quotation means. Children's children are the crowns of elders. Oh, I like Children's that. children are the crowns. Are they our crowns? Do we treat them as crowns? Think about that, and we'll be right back after this brief pause. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Uh, at that moment we ended, we were on three generation families, and I love that from Proverbs. We've been studying Proverbs last week at our church, and there are so many gems. There's so many beautiful gems from that book of Scripture. It is amazing. What does it mean, grandchildren's children are the crowns of elders? Does it mean we just go around, we're proud of them, and we just brag about them all the time? And that they're all <laughs> just such lovely things that they look like diamond crowns. No, I don't think so. But... Um, there's always a grandchild that's in trouble, right? Or that has, has uh, had some issues or that are worried about. But but it is true that um, it, they 
they are so precious in our lives. They are such an important part of who we are and have responsibility, even though they're not ours day to day, um, even if they're long distance. And interestingly, we have discovered when we were working with these people, these beautiful people who are going to be on the um, the Zoom call for grandparenting, that how, what's the percentage of grandparents that have children living? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to tell you, we, we, we should probably have pulled out that survey. We've been served. We, we have around 600 people and, and we're just getting started on this grandparenting course. And so we've been surveying them. And it's so interesting that uh, uh, more than half of those who have registered so far have a grandchild that lives 500 miles away or more. So there's a lot of gr- long-distance grandparenting. We've also been asking them why they want to take this course. And that's really interesting. It, it ranges from some who say they're very worried about their grandchildren. There's a lot of worry. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, there they're just... There, you know, a lot of grandparents watch those grandkids and see the trouble some of them are in and, and the anxiety and the depression some of them. They just have these huge worries. And it ranges, the reason for wanting to take the course ranges on the spectrum from that all the way to a lot of grandparents who are saying, I just want to be more involved. I'm just not proactive enough. I'm just. I'm just on the sideline. I'm a spectator. I want to. I want to find a way to do more for my grandkids. And there's everything in between. I want to figure out a wiser way to help them financially. I want to. Um, I want to have a better teamwork with my child, who is their parent, so that we work together and not at odds with each other. And I quit stepping on their toes. I and mean, the, the bottom line is there's some really good reasons that people have for wanting to do better. And, and we kind of feel like it's, it's a movement almost. Grandparenting has become a thing, you know? I mean, it, it used to be that, you know, it, it, there, there's not a lot out there. there we, we've written a book, as many of you know, I, I wrote a book called Being a Proactive Grandfather, and Linda wrote a, frankly, much better and bigger book about <laughs> grandmothering. But uh, but we, we just feel like there's a hunger. People don't want to just, you know, be passive as grandparents in most cases. And they don't want to rediscover the wheel. They want to know what have other grandparents done that has worked. Right. What are the things that 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 you know that really do help grandkids? And what are the things we have to be careful not to do? Right. This is going to be quite an exciting uh, venture because we are going to, uh, when we have a regular session on the nineteenth of September, we're going to go for an hour and then we're going to have a break, and we're going to have the um, the questions come in. Ask questions because yeah. it just every family is so different. And then we're going to try to answer the questions the best we can. And I'm sure there'll be lots of great advice out there in the field as well. And so um, this is going to be a little bit back and forth. We really hope that that works because we only have one view of our grandchildren. And there's so many different. Every situation is different. And that, that's what we're going to start out in this grandparenting course by saying, you know, our family's not your family. And, and our situation is different from yours. And yours is different from every other grandparent. You know, every situation is unique. 
And so it would be a legitimate question to say, how do you do a grandparenting course when there is no one size fits all answer? And, and, and our, our answer to that is we're going to throw out a lot of ideas and some are ours and some are from other grandparents and some are from psychologists and so on. And we're going to trust the listeners or the participants in this grandparenting course to pick out the ones that fit for them. We're going to ask them to be discerning. Don't try to do everything. I mean, what we don't want is for this course to become a guilt trip where people are like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I haven't done. I'm a really terrible grandparent. We, we want it instead to be a discerning proposition where each grandparent who's in the course says, well, those things don't apply to me. That wouldn't work for me. But here's an idea that I think I could use. And we it's like a garden. I thought this analogy crossed my mind today, honey. It's like you, you go to in a garden and there's a, there's a lot of different crops, a vegetable garden. And what you've got to do is don't eat it all. Pick the ones that you need at that time. Focus on the, 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 the vegetable or the fruit that makes sense to you at that right. moment. Right. Pick that one. Don't try to pick it all. Yeah, so this this is a first time for all of us as we jump into this endeavor. It will be so interesting, so fun. And if you have not signed up yet, all you have to do is go to grandparenting101.com and not www. Don't do that because that's a different. <laughs> no, no, it's the same thing. It's just we've got this techie son who says, quit putting the www on there. It's not necessary. And some some devices won't even pick up on it. It's it, it but you'll get, but you know, anyway. frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Grandparenting101.com. And if you are a parent listening today and you feel like your parents might do a little better as grandparents, get them signed up. Yeah. We we had <laughs> we did we did a TV interview a couple of weeks ago and and it was on this course that we're doing and one of the little hosts who was there said would you please talk to my parents and tell them to quit spoiling my kids <laughs> they just come in and wreck everything and then they tell me all the things i'm doing wrong as a mother <laughs> yeah so yeah we'll we'll take care of that for will, you for get sure. your parents signed up we will take care of those things <laughs> um well, it's quite an adventure, no matter where you are in life or, you know, what you're doing. It's quite a thing. And we we have such a broad spectrum of grandchildren that we do have access to a lot of different problems, let's say, and uh, a lot of different things that are uh, probably common with other families. Yeah, I think there we have so much in common, the things that that unite us as grandparents are so much bigger and more broad than the things that might divide us. I mean, the main thing is we all love our grandkids. We love them so much and we want them to do well. And you might be interested to know whether you end up taking the course or whether your parents end up taking the course or not. And by the way, you can sign up for it for free uh, or you can pay a little to cover costs if you want. We, we, the whole idea of this is just do what you can. Be what you can. Do the best you can. But it's interesting that it's going to be over six months. I'm just saying this because whether you take it or not, I think we can learn something from 
from the the order that we're going to try to approach it in the first the first couple of modules there's sort of six modules in the in the course and the first two don't have to do with the grandkids directly they have to do with you as the grandparent and you as the parent and how to form a relationship and a team that can really be effective in doing our best by these by this third generation by our children and and a lot of that is going to be and i actually am really looking forward to this first part linda because the whole idea of moving into the autumn of life moving into you know our 50s and our 60s and in some cases our 70s and how we are what are what is our attitude toward aging we live in a world where aging is so resented and people fight it so hard and how do we how do we accept how do we be more graceful how do we age in a beautiful way how do we welcome the the benefits and blessings of age what was that one book we found on somebody's coffee table that said uh the the blessings of of getting older or something. Oh, yeah. what, what was the title? I can't of it? remember the title exactly, but it's the joys of growing older. That's what it was. Yeah, the joys of growing older, and it has this great picture and all these things on the front of you know quotes, quotes endorsements and for the endorsements book. and all that. <laughs> and then you open the book, and the pages are all blank. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of growing older, nothing. Well, but in fact, I mean, the, the reason that's that's a joke is because it's there there are a lot of beautiful things about growing older and some of you listeners know we wrote a book called uh, life in full a few years ago there was the idea that life gets fuller as we get older it doesn't get less full yes there are limitations yes we have to get an electric bike linda does instead of one she has to pedal yeah and yes there could be lonely days yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there are because they're everybody's different, but um, life is pretty well, pretty full for us because we just have so many children and grandchildren. But then there are others that have one. We can make our lives know? full. Yeah, one can. grandchild can yeah. make your life so full. And you know, there's all the old cliches about oh, you're over the hill, right? And speaking of bikes, that's where you want to be. It's just over the hill oh it's, we can coast it's a little. so nice the wind blows through your hair and you've done the hard work and you're just enjoying the beauty of um the the life that you are about to enter and so it there are some great advantages to being so, older i we do have to say that we wake up every morning and say okay what hurts on you today yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are but some aches and pains we're trying to say we're trying to reverse it now and we'll wake up and look at each other and say what parts of you don't hurt today? And we're more <laughs> grateful. Oh, you know, my arm feels fine. I don't think I'm worried about my arm today. <laughs> you know, I woke up this morning and my chin hurt. And I thought, what doctor do you call when you're chin? <laughs> Is there a chin doctor? It's, what are those guys part calling? Of it's because I fell in New York last night. Oh, man. Oh, my that goodness. I was just walking along a sidewalk and I saw these three little ladies on the doorstep and I looked to smile at them and I caught my toe on a concrete thing that was three inches raised oh, higher than it should have been. And I just went down fixed. like a sandbag. Wow. I was splatted on this. Oh, you bounced. I am You're so resilient. grateful that. Uh, it wasn't worse than it was, but I, I did. You have trouble in cities. You, the last time you fell was in London. 
We got to keep you out of cities. I know it's true. But anyway, um, there are some great things. There are some great things about growing older. And we hope. Well, to one, we, it. we've been reading a book lately and it's really a bestseller. So maybe some of you are familiar with it. It's by Arthur Brooks, who's a Harvard professor. And he, it's called From Strength to Strength. And his whole premise is that you have to you have to be graceful about growing older and understand that you lose some capacities, but you gain other capacities and move from one strength to another. Interestingly, he uses Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach as the perfect example who reached an age when he realized he couldn't compose as well as he used to, but what he could do better was teach music and composition. And he seamlessly flowed to become the greatest music teacher and and we, we have and, crystallized intelligence, yeah, he that, calls it, as we get older, instead of fluid intelligence. I, I'm not sure I like that. I, it sounds I like a fossil. No, it sounds like you're crystallized. Like, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing there. But no, what they're saying is that you gather all that you've learned, and then you know more than you did when you were younger because of your experience. Anyway, yeah. we um, we hope that you'll some of you will be joining us. We hope some of you will... Um, have gotten something from what we talked about today. We are so excited about life and about growing older and everyone's growing older. Even if you're just a young parent, you're still growing older. You're older today than you've ever been before. Right. And so we leave you with that thought and hopefully we have a happy, joyful experience. Well, and again, if you, if you or someone, you know, would benefit from this grandparenting course, just take a look at take a look at the web page and then you'll know whether it's something that would fit with your interests or with where you are in life. Just grandparenting101.com. And uh, you know, do it take a take a look pretty quickly because the uh, introductory class is on September eleventh. Uh, which this, is grandparenting, which is grandparents' day. Which is 9-11. 9-11 and, which is also grandparents, grandparents' day. day. A lot of us didn't even know there was a grandparents' day, but it's always the first Sunday after Labor Day. But anyway, take a look at that and join us if you if you feel that it would benefit you. And or we, advocate for your parents. Or advocate for your parents. And... I'm just going to say, Linda, we, we, we love you. We love you as fellow parents. We love you as people who get online and listen to us once in a while. And we, we pray that you'll have a good school year, whatever your place in life is. Good luck with that and signing off until next week. 